You know how annoying it is when you have to shake your phone to undo and it goes crazy like that? You don't have to do that anymore. Thanks to a quick tip from listener Ben this week, you can use three fingers to swipe to the left to undo and you can use three fingers to swipe to the white, swipe to the white, swipe to the white, Mr. Fudd, swipe to the right to redo tips, more tips like this today on Mac Geek Gab 946 for Monday, September 12th, 2022. Indeed, greetings, folks, and welcome to Mac Geek Gab 946. The show where you send in your tips, your, like the one Ben sent in, your questions, your feedback, your questions. I said your questions, your cool stuff found. You send it all in to feedback at MacGeekGab.com. And then we loosely weave it into an agenda so that we can each learn at least five new things every single time we get together. Sponsors for this episode include... HelixSleep.com slash MGG, where you can go to save up to 200 bucks off your mattress, plus get two free pillows. You can go to LinkedIn.com today to join the conversation and get the tools you need to reach your audience. There's so many people out there on LinkedIn. It's a great place to be. And also, we've got a podcast to tell you about. We'll share more details about all of those and more a little bit later in the episode. For now, here, after having just ordered my Deep purple iPhone 14 Pro. I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in Fairfield, Connecticut, um, not having yet purchased the new phone, but I probably will. Um, this is John F. Braun. Und guten Tag from Korn, Deutschland. Afternoon, gents. Pilot Pete here. <laughs> Dave, great minds think alike, because when you were asking John if he had a quick tip to start the show, and he said, eh, and you said, well, I've got one. That's exactly what I was thinking of, going the three-finger swipe, and I was going to add to it, yeah, you can go to the right to redo. Left yeah. undo, right redo. It's a cool tip. I bet there's more. I bet there are more. Yeah, I, I bet there are more. In fact, I have uh, a quick tip from Jeff that uh, that is, well... It also involves swiping, but it's a little bit different. He says, you probably know that if you enter a number incorrectly in the iPhone calculator, you can press C to cancel and re-enter the correct number. But did you know that you can simply erase a digit from the number you are currently entering by swiping left or right on the actual number you are entering at the time? Save typing in or retyping the whole number if it's long, because it's usually only the last digit that you fat fingered. Of course, you may want to remind listeners that rotating the iPhone sideways into landscape mode converts the iPhone calculator into a full scientific calculator. So that's two quick tips in one. And we, we, yeah. we're hitting three. We've three, three things for uh, for many of us. I, 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 is, I always forget. I didn't know about the swiping, about any of the swiping we've talked about. The, the three fingers, the one finger, any of that. Uh, I did know about the scientific calculator, but I, I always forget that. So I, I love the reminder. So thank you, Jeff. It'd be thank nice you, if it was a graphing calculator. I bet there's an app for that. There is. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. plenty, plenty yeah. of them. No, it's cool that um, 
This came up one time with uh, one of the games that I'm still playing, though. Some people are not anymore. But uh, in Pokemon Go, there was actually one situation where in order to evolve a creature, you had to turn the phone upside down. Seriously? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Huh. I mean, sometimes to evolve something, it puts a little question mark next to it saying, well, I'm not going to tell you exactly what you need to do. That's fascinating. I like that. That, like, that's that whole, I mean, it's some creativity. I like it. Yeah. All right. That's pretty good. Um, Fun. Fun, fun. I'm trying to think if I have anything interesting like that to share. I don't. So uh, I'm going to go to Steve, who has his own sort of PSA to share with us. He says, following up on your HDMI cable discussion, recently I upgraded my Apple TV remote to the latest Siri remote. After upgrading, the remote periodically lost its connection to the Apple TV device. It would connect and disconnect at least three or four times per hour. Ooh, okay, that's bad. He says, I called Apple support, assuming I had a faulty remote. However, after being escalated to a senior engineer, they told me that the problem was likely an unshielded HDMI cable. They recommended a shielded HDMI cable, which I installed, and the problems have not come back since. So the moral of the story is HDMI cable speed isn't the only issue you can have. Shielding can impact performance, too. I didn't even know that, like, I've never seen that distinction when buying hdmi cables yeah i i had no idea that's cool yeah i i don't know why so i you know i i think to my the audio world that i live in and most uh it's so like buying like quarter inch cables which would be like a a guitar cable for example that's what it would look like that you know the, the the thicker headphone jack but a monophonic cable and and this would this would go with stereo cables too but uh, for instruments, for instrument cables like that and patching things together, you would get a shielded cable because because of issues like this. You don't want your guitar picking up, uh, you know, the the uh, you know the local radio station and have a spinal tap moment. However, if you are using that same type of cable or that those same connectors, I should say, to connect a powered amplifier to a speaker and you're running more juice across the cable it's likely to heat up and the shielding can melt so for speakers you would use an unshielded cable i can't imagine a world where you would need an hdmi cable to be unshielded for heat reasons so i so i i don't know why an hdmi cable would need to be unshielded is what i'm trying to say but evidently they exist money Cheaper. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cheaper to build unshielded, right? Fair. Sure. Yeah. 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 Oh. And then you wish, <laughs> pay me now or pay me later. Then you got to go buy a shielded one. <laughs> <laughs> pay me now and pay me later. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, I got yeah. those cables you recommended, Dave. Um, okay. Everything's working I hope they're as shielded. well as can be expected. Yeah. <sighs> I think I need a new tuner, though, because my tuner is, is doing dumb things. What is your tuner doing? Um, it'll come up and say analog. Okay. And I'm like, no. So they're both analog and digital inputs for, uh, for audio. 
And for whatever reason, it thinks that there's something hooked up to the analog ports, which there's not. So I don't know. I reset it again, and now it seems to be better. All right. All right. Cool. Interesting. Sounds, sounds to me like John has an excuse to go out and buy an all-new home theater system I, from I, the ground up. I think, well, I think uh, well, I did identify a, a newer um, Sony tuner that explicitly supports eARC. The one that I have now, I think, just does regular ARC, and maybe that's the problem. I don't know. Well, let's have that conversation as part of our yep. Mac Geek Up Home Theater Zoom, which is happening on Sunday night, uh, Sunday night after this releases. We record on Fridays, so for anybody in the live chat at live.macgeekup.com, it's not. It, it's Sunday the 18th at 4.30 p.m., so Sunday afternoon for some of us, Sunday morning for some, late Sunday night for others. But And if uh, you're hearing this just now, go hop in your time machine, go back to last night, and... Get aboard. <laughs> so yeah, we Sunday ten days. Oh, was from I the not day. supposed to release the time machine? No, not yet, Dave. Pete. That's our one Sorry, more thing. Right. No, that's right. fine. Yeah, All right. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's like that's a good conversation to have because the question, yeah. the real question is, do you even need uh, an AVR? Like, is that the is that the best way to go? And then that's that. Questions like this will be discussed. It'll be fun. Uh, we'll meet in Discord. But we will do it as a Zoom hangout because uh, Discord seems to limit it to 25 video participants. And last time we had a lot more than that. And some people were upset because we didn't realize you were being excluded. It is not our goal to exclude anyone. In fact, it's quite the opposite. We are so inclusive here. We welcome Android and Windows users. It's true. It's a safe place for everybody. Uh, Greg has Greg Scott something that he was having a weird issue where his apps were routinely being asked or routinely asking him to reauthenticate their security preferences, full disk access, things like that. And he thought it was a default folder causing this trouble. And thankfully that's what he thought because he started working with John Gotow, the, the, uh, the proprietor of St. Clair software and the developer of many things, including default folder and John's a smart dude and pointed Greg in the right direction of issuing a terminal command that sort of wipes out that database. It forces you to do it for each app one more time. But when that database gets corrupted, that's often the issue is wipe it out and, and let that happen again. And so he gave us the terminal command. He shared that with us. And that is a, uh, this is typed out in the show notes for, uh, Mac Geek Up 946. You can go to MacGeekUp.com and go to 946, or you can go to MGG.FM slash 946, and it'll bring you right there. Uh, but the command, just for anybody following along, is sudo tccutil reset all, and the all evidently has to have a capital A. Who knows why? But uh, but well, that that command is is on the web. You can just go copy and paste it. You don't have to remember it. But um, but yeah. So I had no idea about that command. Did you guys know anything about it? I, I think did. I've not. seen T TCC util once or twice. Yeah. No, I did not know that specifically. So that's it's fantastic. Great. I love it. 
Ah, you know, it's almost fall here in New England, but some of the weather so far has felt like fall. And one of the benefits of that is how cozy it is to sleep. Good sleeping weather. You know what else makes it cozy to sleep? Our sponsor, Helix Sleep, because we've had one of these Helix mattresses for a while and we love it. Helix Sleep is a premium mattress brand that provides tailored mattresses based on your unique sleep preferences. Their lineup at Helix includes 14 unique mattresses. So how do you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And then your mattress, your personalized mattress, is shipped straight to your door free of charge. I love this Helix mattress and that quiz makes it so easy. Lisa and I took the quiz together. It's built to take a loaner with a partner. We found that the midnight mattress was right for us and it they were right about this. It's been perfect. We love it. It's amazing. And they've got models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. They've got models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in the stomach and back sleeping positions. All the stuff. And here's the thing. Helix is offering up to $200 off of all mattress orders and two free pillows just for you, our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash MGG. With Helix, better sleep starts now. And our thanks to Helix at helixsleep.com slash MGG for sponsoring this episode. All right, let's go to one of those questions that came in to uh, feedback at macgeekgob.com from listener James. And James says, um, I was having an email problem. And as I was digging into it, I discovered multiple duplicates of emails from a particular location from my work from a date range from July 29th, 2021 through August 1st, 2021. So a few days, these duplicates, thousands of them do not show when I do any search within the mail app. I've tried new, I've tried numerous methods to find and delete them without manually going through each subfolder of my mailboxes. I will be making multiple backups of the mail folder. So I am looking for suggestions, methods, or tools that I can use to remove these duplicates safely because he doesn't want to have to go through and do it manually. I guess he's got a lot of folders that these things have decided to archive themselves in. Um, I have, I have two thoughts for this and I know he's already tried one of them, but just for the, the sake of the audience, the, the first thing I would do is delete the uh, use Onyx. Our, our, our pal Onyx, the, the the excellent utility software to delete the mail envelope index database and then relaunch mail and, and let it rebuild that. That may solve problems like this. I don't believe it's going to solve James's problem because I think he's tried it. But uh, but that would be for me, that would be step one. Well, that would be as long as step zero is make a backup, then that would be step one. Step two uh, or attempt two would be. I would build a smart mailbox to filter to that date range and see what it comes up with. You can then filter even further down by, you know, sender and and that way it can encompass messages from all mailboxes. You this may or may not work because you're saying that search doesn't find these duplicate messages. And so I don't know what the functionality the smart mailbox is going to use to like whatever's keeping search from seeing it. Would it also keep smart mailboxes from seeing it? I don't know, but we try to answer these questions with the, if I were there, here's what I would try next approach. And that's what I would try next. What do you, uh, do you, John, do you have any, anything that you would try next? Um, 
for what I recall, in Onyx, there are two different options for rebuilding the mail database. Okay. Can we try both of them. Fair. Unfortunately, I, uh, the version of Onyx I have on here is old, <laughs> so I can't tell you exactly. But Got it. It's in there somewhere, last, last I looked. I highly recommend using Mac Updater because that oh. way... It, you, if you let that run all the time, then it will tell you when and if, you know, I I probably run Mac Updater once a week on all of my Macs. And it's for exactly this reason, right? Like if it's an app I use every day, it will tell me when I launch it that it needs an update. And then I do the update and everything's fine. But for the apps that I use, you know, once in a blue moon kind of thing, like Onyx, I want it to be up to date when I go to run it. And uh, Mac Updater sort of keeps me up to date so to speak. I, it's, I love that software. It's one of my favorite apps, it's, which is kind of crazy to say. But anyway, back to the mail question, Pete. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, uh, speaking of updating, I think Clean My Mac will also uh, yes. help you update your, uh, keep keep you up to date on your programs. I'm wondering, I'm assuming he's using IMAP. So I'm wondering if changing clients may help. Oh. So you're, okay. So let's, Let's let's unpack that a little bit. I like this idea. Yeah. If his archive mailboxes in, in that he has put things in, if all of these folders exist on IMAP, then yes, checking the server for them and seeing what you know are these dupes on the server or are they just some uh, in your client? Yeah, some ghost in your client kind of thing. Because if that's if every if it truly is an IMAP, uh, like if it's an issue with your local cache from the IMAP server, then really just deleting the, the mailbox entirely from your Mac and re-adding it would force it to resync with that IMAP database. And that might be another solution here. Yeah. Yeah. It, but if they are in on my Mac folders, then obviously that doesn't, that doesn't help us, but sure. But and then I I'm like wondering, that yeah, yeah. And then the other thing I wonder then is even maybe possibly changing clients. I know there's a free client out there called Thunderbird, which I've used in the past, and I don't know why I'm not on it now. I, I have found it giving give me more of a granular control than Mac Mail. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering if there's any other clients out there that are worth a darn. Um, I know that there's uh, there's paid or I forget the name of the paid service. Well, there's Spark. And, and I'm pretty sure you use it, Dave. Uh, okay. no, do you I, not use a paid service about that uh, smartly, uh, sorts your mail. Um, I, I do, but it wouldn't, that, that wouldn't be, okay. I, I use Sanebox to, to keep my inboxes and all of my mailboxes. That's what I was thinking of managed yeah. and, and it's, don't get me wrong. It's great. I couldn't, like, I don't want to even consider having to like run my life without it, but that wouldn't. That wouldn't be something to help in this. It okay. wouldn't help fix this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there is Spark, uh, which is a paid mail, uh, Mac OS mail app. But I, yeah, if you're just going to try it for the sake of trying it, Thunderbird's free and and very well supported. It's from the the Mozilla Foundation, the people that make Firefox. So, um, yeah, it's a it. If I weren't going to use my issue with using non first party mail clients, a.k.a. not Apple Mail is I am reliant on the developer to keep their client up to date for the operating systems that I'm running. And and that was the issue I ran into in the past, right? Like I used Eudora, I used MailSmith, and those things were like, they were not as 
they were not kept as up to date as I would like them before they were end of life, if that makes sense. And Mailsmith might not have even been end of life. I, 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 but, it, you know, there, there, there were these, these sort of diminishing returns on those apps before they actually were just like, yeah, hey, you shouldn't be using this anymore. And and so that's when I'm when I think it was when Mac OS 10, like the OS 10, the, the, the OG OS 10, which I think was called Mac OS 10, came out that. I moved to mail app and haven't looked back. Uh, and I've been happy about that. But if I were going to, if something happened with mail app that just made it untenable for me, uh, Thunderbird would be the first thing I'd look at simply because it is cross platform. And because of that kept up to date with everything, because it's through the Mozilla foundation. So I, it's, it's not a, a smaller development company where if they decide sure. this isn't, you know, a profitable thing. It, it's tough to be a profitable Mac mail client is I guess what I'm trying to say here. Sure. Because sure Apple's is. is so functional for so many people. And despite them making it more difficult, it really still is quite extensible. And so there's third party extensions that can add on to mail app and all of that. So it's tough to be in the business of, of competing with free and included with the operating system. <laughs> right. Like right. You, yeah. Yeah. you have to offer something really compelling to to convince us to switch. Um, and for some people, that's just a different user experience, right? Like they don't like the way Mac Mail app does. They do like the way Spark does it. And that's enough. Like they're in. And I guess if you're on all IMAP all the time, then switching mail clients isn't quite as big of a deal as it was in the past. Right. Because right, yeah. Yeah, you're having to migrate everything over to a new client. It's already there. for It's you. kind of it's already there. Of, yeah. 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 So, you know, but still, it's hard to compete with with free and included and guaranteed to be up to date. Right. Yeah. There's there's zero chance that when I install Ventura, my mail client is going to be, uh, you know, I've got to wait for an update, a compatibility update <laughs> like it's baked in. It's it's already there. Yeah. So. That's it's a hard it's a hard thing because yeah, there are some features in third party mail clients that I look at and I'm like, oh, yeah, that would be good. But hmm, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I do so much of my life in email. So. Right. Yeah. As, we, as sadly, we all do by the hundreds yeah. of mails in my. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nay, thousands. Nay, thousands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well. Shall we, um, shall we move on to listener John? Yeah, sure. Let's talk fraud. <clears throat> Let's talk fraud. Um, for folks that have the Apple card, I learned some things I wasn't aware of that listeners may like to know. I had a questionable charge show up on my Apple card. I get a notification for every charge that shows up on my watch. I went to the wallet and to the section for the Apple card scrolling down. I find a transaction when I clicked. On the right pointer, I saw it was done at 3 a.m. when I was asleep. At the bottom is a link to report an issue, which I could contest the charge or just indicate I didn't recognize the vendor, which is what applied to me. Now, here's where the neat stuff starts. When I clicked to report the issue, I was taken to the Messages app where a message reported that someone would be right with me from the Apple team at Goldman Sachs. Uh, in about a minute, someone joined the conversation. Uh, and they confirmed that I still had my card and hadn't loaned it to anyone. 
uh, we'll have to issue you a new number. Great, I'm thinking. Now, I've had to do this before with other cards and always get the, you'll receive your new card in the 7 to 10 business days. Yep. Um, within 10 seconds, she texted, okay, you have a new number and it's in your phone, iPhone's wallet along with a new CV number. Uh, I was stunned. Now I understand why there is no number on the card. Uh, she also added, you might want to consider going to the Apple card in your wallet, click on the icon for the card in the upper right corner, and then turn on advanced fraud protection. This will allow us to change your CV code from time to time, further preventing the use of your card in the event your card information is stolen. Finally, she added that they would go ahead and show I was contesting the charge. I didn't know about any of this, but I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I'll add one cool thing that I've run into, and then you guys can chime in here. I'm sure you guys got uh, follow-ups here. Um, so I decided to get a new Discover card. Uh, this is actually probably kind of relevant. So I decided to get a new uh, Discover card. You can get a custom background. Um, not all cards are for this, but they offer it. I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of bored with the background on my current one. So I picked a new one. And which one did you pick? Inquiring minds. Well, if we're going to take this tangent, I want to go all the way. Which one did you pick? Uh, the old one I had was a tape cassette. Yep. But the new one I picked is a boom box. Ah, nice. All right. Um, so anyways, but here was the thing within, I think within a day or, or well, I got an email from them saying, yeah, we, we got your order from the new card. But then when I looked in my wallet, the background had changed on it, Dave. Oh, cool. in, in your Apple wallet. Yes. Ah. Before I got the, the physical card. Right, right. Oh, that's so pretty that cool. was neat. Yeah. So, I, so I think this is relevant because I think if your card is in your Apple wallet, things like this may be able to happen with other cards. Or I guess the story is I've seen things happen to things in the wallet before I got the physical card that resolved whatever issue I had. Sure. What, what, what I'm curious what other things, if you can remember what other things you've seen, because your wallet doesn't have. Um, I guess it would have your actual card number. Yeah, because I've seen I had to have one of my card numbers replaced and I saw it change in my wallet before mm -hmm. I got the new card. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Fun. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then we have a note here. I think it's from uh, our friend Brian. But um, you can freeze a card temporarily also. Um, and a lot of cards or their apps will allow you to do that as well. Yeah. Uh, at least I know Discover does. You just say, you know, shut it off. Yeah. And then if somebody has, especially your physical card, um, it won't work. And they'll get in trouble. Yeah. And and a reminder that you can share with family and limit spending. Apple offers all of that now. Things they did not offer when they uh, when the card first came out. So I, I should use my I have almost never used my Apple card uh, largely because most of my technology purchases are, are business expenses. And so I want to run those through the business. And there is no Apple card for business yet. I don't know that there ever will be. Uh, that's not a. That's not a, a, a that wasn't a, a, you know, subtweeted Apple. It's just the reality of things. I don't know that it makes sense for them to offer that. But um, 
but there there are like there are benefits to it. it, it the, the rewards programs there are pretty good. So yeah, yeah. interesting. What do you, you, Pete? What you got some thoughts on this? Well, you guys stole all my thunder. I'm uh, sorry. For one thing, yeah, no, no worries. No, that's great stuff. Yeah, one you you can share with people that are in your family. You can. So my daughter's away at college, and so she has. Uh, I have shared with her, and then and like you said, you can limit the spending if you, if you need to or or want to. Fortunately, she's not a spendthrift, so I'm good with that. Yeah. Uh, but the she did misplace her card last week. She was at the gas. So oh, no, I don't have it. So hang, hang on one second. I'm, I'm just going to acknowledge Pete's in Germany. And uh, while his connection has been fantastic during the show, there are going to be moments like this. So uh, share that. You you got up to the point where you had said your daughter's not a spendthrift and things were fine. And, and, and then that's when that's when we began right. to oh, lose you. Of course. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but you can you can limit their spending to, you know, whatever you set, 25 a month, 100 a month, what have you. And then uh, the same thing with the. Uh, uh, you can you can lock the card. She misplaced her card. I was able to lock it. She texted me back, said, hey, I, I found the card and then unfreeze it. So you're good to go. Amazing. Uh, but I did have one other experience that I found really good. It, you know, the whole seven to 10 business days. I thought, oh, I'm in for this. When my son and I drove to Florida to take him to camp, I gave him the card to pay for something and he forgot to give it back to me. And then he went to camp. And three days later, I had forgotten I loaned him the Apple card. And so I'm like, uh, it's gone. I've misplaced it. I looked everywhere, called Apple, uh, called Goldman Sachs, and they FedExed me a new card to my non-home address. Once they verified who I was and, sure. I, and all that, I, I, I said, you know, I, I kind of need it before I drive home, which gave them two weeks to get it to me. And they FedExed me. I had it the next day in hand. I was like, wow. So they are the, the not trying to turn this into an Apple card commercial. No, I'm, yeah. I'm glad to hear that because that's one of the things I, I've, you know, th- th- we all have our reasons for being loyal to the the banks and service providers that we use in general. Right. And and one of them. That keeps me loyal to both American Express and Citibank, which is the companies that I've used for my credit, most of my credit cards for most of my adult life are things exactly like that, where once I once I've convinced them I'm the Dave Hamilton, I say I am, then, you know, I've had the Amex you know, overnight me a card to a hotel uh, without without even a flinch, you know, yeah. and so I, I I like knowing that. If I make that phone call, that it's going to end in success. And I'm glad to hear that that's true with the Apple card as well. I mean, it's not surprising, right? It's not Apple doing this. It's Goldman Sachs doing this. They're in the business of doing this. They've been doing this for a long time, far longer than their deal with Apple. So uh, that's good to hear. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And and just as the side note, the part of their benefit is, is the cashback, right? And right. so yeah, I always have cash in my Apple wallet. So when I want to buy something... You know, when I want a subway, when I want, you know, that sort of thing, then, you know, it's right there. Just pay for it with that. And okay. So this, this is going to show my ignorance, which I'm happy to do this. The whole point of this show is learning. Uh, I, I, as I said, I don't use my Apple card enough to even know what that experience is like when you get cash back for your, uh, for your Apple card purchases that goes into your Apple pay cash bucket yes is that right yes it does okay. and then so for those of you on video right you know there it is yeah. it comes up and and there, <laughs> there it is so you can see my balance you know i got almost 200 dollars in my apple cash right now i've never put money in there it amazing just, it just shows up so when i you know 
if I'm at Best Buy and I want that hundred dollar thing, I could go do it now. And all right, you know? okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. nice. It's 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 a way to spend money with without feeling like you're spending money. Yeah, it's yours. See now, now I want an Apple business card so that uh, that it can fuel cash <laughs> to any account I choose, and it may or may not be a personal one. I would check with my accountant before reporting or not reporting that on my taxes, of course, and I advise you all to do the same. That's all I have to say about that. Now, by default, though, I don't think uh, the Apple Cash card is included in your wallet, right? Oh, I think it is. The Apple Pay Cash? I, I think that's there for I everybody. I think it is just because I never went and got it. Yeah. It, it just showed up one time. Oh, the, in fact, the first time we were, uh, I was with a friend, we were scuba diving on a trip. And he, I said, you know, just Venmo me the money. He goes, I can't do that. What's your phone number? He gave it to me. I yeah. gave it to him and he sent it as Apple Cash and then my card appeared. Yeah. Like, ah, okay. Yeah. No, that's, that's there in the wallet. I think by default, what, what makes you think it wasn't maybe, maybe, I mean, Maybe there's a good reason. No, I think probably when I got my Apple card, I probably put it in there for me. It's not linked, but you don't need an Apple. I know all three of us have Apple cards, but you don't need an Apple card to have Apple cash in your wallet. Like the two are the two are unrelated because I like I pay the woman who cuts my hair with Apple Pay cash and she loves it because for the same reason you love having your sort of found money there. She's like, oh, yeah, Yeah. if my kids need you know, five bucks, 10 bucks, I can, you know, I know that I've got some money that's just sort of floating there and I can send it to them. It's like, yeah, it's good. Yeah. And I believe you can use that as a debit card. I think it's actually a discovered debit mm-hmm. card. I think that's right. That's correct. Yeah. I, nice. think that's, I think, yeah. Did they change from discover? I, there's something in my, you know, murky memory banks that says that they, they changed. I, I think you can even look at that card details. Uh, oh, it, is yeah. a v- uh, it says it's Visa, de- it's Visa a v- debit now. Visa yeah. debit, yeah. Oh, interesting. Ah, gold murky memory. I wonder, it, I wonder if you. It doesn't. It you know my pin comes up as I won't say what it is, but no. I, but I, I think ours is that. the same, Pete. I I'm oh, okay. seeing the same okay. thing on our pins as being four. It's zeros. all grayed out, like you can't change. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, it's, that's not mine. Nope, that's Dave's. <laughs> that's Dave's. Yeah, yeah. So right, here we yeah, are no. sharing our no. pin numbers like it's yeah. nothing. Yep. There you go. Yep. And uh, the other thing I will add just briefly on there talking about the cards is you hit the uh, uh, you go into your Apple wallet and you touch on the card. So it comes up. If you scroll down, you see all your spending. But in the top right, there's three dots. And that's where you get into the granular control over sharing it with somebody, locking a card, um, finding what your available credit is. That sort of thing. Yeah. So it's that's how you get there. It's a, it's the three dots up there once you've got your card. And if you need to see your account number right next to it, it there's a little icon of a credit card that says one, two, three. Sure. You touch on that and you can see your card number to, to give to somebody. But as John said, if you allow them to change that, don't give that number to somebody that's going to be a recurring payment because it isn't going to work forever. Well, change it. that may not be true, Pete. Oh, okay. Good point. Yeah, good point. I, my American Express, when that number changes, my recurring bills keep hitting. And yeah, because what they do, and a- even Amazon does this, like I still am billing a, a credit card number that's like too old for all of my Amazon purchases, or most of them anyway. And uh, and it's because what they do is when you put your card number in, they go get a token from the bank and they don't store your card number. They store that token that only gotcha. allows Amazon to make purchases, right? So it's it's a yeah. whole lot more. It's kind of like 
Like a, a two-factor yeah. authentication is the wrong thing. Yeah. Maybe like the security OAuth. is amazing, but yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's, it's like an, an individual OAuth token. Thing. Correct doesn't doesn't yeah. work anywhere else. It's yeah. how it works when we uh, when you sign up for Mac Geek Cab Premium, which I, I'm actually going to talk a little bit about that later in the show. But it's the same thing. We get a token from you that we can you know charge recurring payments to if you give us permission to do that. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, that way we don't have your number, but also we don't need you to update it if your card number changes. So yeah, it's pretty good. All right. Uh, John, while we're on the subject of these cards and such, I think Donna had a nice tip for us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And actually two tips. All Um, right. Even better. Uh, so yeah, so, uh, she sent out a thing saying, here's a special offer. I thought you might want to share from your listeners, get 6% cash back. At Nike with Apple Pay through October fifteenth. Um, yeah, so that's that's it. So, uh, and they have also if you go to the main Apple Card page in the fine print, you will see these. Okay. Um, and what else do they say here? Uh, plus unlimited three percent daily cash back. Yeah, that's. Um, and they kind of mention it here, but here's my question, Dave. Okay. How did she find out about this? Nobody told me. <laughs> well, so, so that's the kind of mini tip here is so if you go into settings and then click on your ID and then click on name, phone number, email, uh, and you scroll down a little bit, subscriptions. And the one that will give you this sort of information is called announcements. And guess what? On my setup, it was off. So I now turned it on so I can learn about these. There's two other choices, apps, music, TV, and more. And I get those. And then Apple News Newsletter. Okay. So this is in iPhone settings app. Is that right? Yes. We're going to need to start to be really specific about that because up until now, well, up until now and still currently, Settings is the name of the settings app only on iOS and iPadOS and system preferences is the name of the the, the, the similarly functional app on macOS. But when Ventura comes out, it's all settings all the time. So we're going to have to be we're going to have to be a little more specific, although maybe we won't. Maybe there are maybe these things will be consistent between the two. So. You know, LinkedIn is a place for you to share your ideas. So whether you're passionate about healthcare, sports and entertainment, tech, finance, or anything in between, there's a community of more than 850 million people who care about the same things as you. When you create and share on LinkedIn, you're not just connecting with other people, you're connecting with opportunities. Whether it's a new job, a speaking engagement, contract work, or more followers, the people who see your work on LinkedIn are the ones who can generate business outcomes. LinkedIn is a place where people help one another in their professional journeys, whatever that might look like, right? So, When you share what you know, the conversations you start can help others develop new skills or inspire them with new perspectives. Go visit LinkedIn.com today and join the conversation and get the tools you need to reach your audience. That's LinkedIn.com. John and I will see you over there. And our thanks to LinkedIn for sponsoring this episode. All right. Uh, so speaking of updates to operating systems, the, today, the day that uh, this show comes out, which would be the 12th of September 2022, also 
the anniversary of the first date that Lisa and I had back 30 years prior. Uh, it's iOS 16 release day. And so we've been running iOS 16 a little bit here on our devices. And John, you actually just went through the install process. So I'm curious, I, you know, you did the manual install because, of course, you were installing the GM. But I'm curious what your experience was like after the first reboot, right? Because that's where it's going to match what uh, what everybody else is going to see today as they start installing this. Was there was there anything you went through after that initial reboot that would be helpful? Um, or was it really? Okay. All right. I mean, until I started changing things on my own, but um, I mean, the, the first thing that I noticed uh, that was different is there's now a spotlight search field on your home screen. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, now I can, um, now I, I, but I did find something that was different and I think very clever, Dave, if I can just give you this mini little tip. So first off, we'll link to an article. If you want to find out what's in iOS 16, there's Apple has an article that lists all of the new features, but this one wasn't listed, Dave. So, um, so I got a, a bogus message in my messages. Um, you know, I think everybody gets these. It's like, oh, your Amazon is deactivated. Click on this link and it's not an Amazon link. So, you know, I'm like, oh, man, um, here's what happened, though. So I got one of these, Dave, and I went to delete it. And then I got a dialogue saying, you can report this conversation as junk by sending it to Verizon and Apple from your phone number. Like, that's a that's a Verizon next. feature. I don't think that's an iOS 16 feature. I could be wrong well, no, about but the that. The thing is, the thing is, I got a dialogue asking me if I wanted to report it. Normally, you have to do this manually, and you can. I think normally you text to uh, spam or something no, like no, that. No, no, no. This is this has been there for a long time. The report junk button. This is not iOS 16. This must just be. Uh, it must be new to you for the first time. Uh, I don't oh, maybe recall it ever seeing it when I deleted a bogus text. Interesting. Okay, so yeah, Warren in the chat room is saying that this is iOS 16. I thought that message had been there for a long time. Maybe not. All right. All right. Yeah. It, thank thank you for that then. Sorry about that. My uh here it is. One yeah, of my, interesting. One of my yeah, new things. It's yeah. not coming up. I'm on 15 still. I didn't do the beta and it's not I I'm only offered a chance to delete it. Um that'd be great. Yeah, that's, so it must good. be using machine learning um, to look at the text of it and say, okay, that's not right. Right, right. Yeah, well, no, it's. I think it's looking and seeing that this is a number that's not in your contacts. And that's, okay. I, I, yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think there's machine learning happening there. I think it's, it's just because it even says this sender is not in your contact list. Report junk. Like that's that's the the dialogue and and I and that's really all it is because I've had that from other people too where it's like okay. oh yeah, yeah yeah no this is it. so let let me take us down a rabbit hole with a question then yeah because here's what I frequently do I I will when I get a text like that that I don't want or a phone call uh, telling me that you know car warranty's out of date or what have you I will then I will block that number or I will block that sender but I will also add them to my block senders contact which has hundreds 
of of numbers in there. I'm wondering if I ought to delete that block sender's contact so that it can come up as not being in my contacts. Oh, I see what you're saying. Well, I mean. Yeah, I've created a contact called block senders, which has hundreds of numbers and email addresses sure. and that sort of thing. And why? So that if they do call back, they come up as block sender, spam risk, that sort of thing. But, but why I, wouldn't I'm, you just add that to your blocked contacts? Yeah. Like there is a blocked contacts list that you can add things to, right? Well, I wonder if I, I would, I thought I created it, but maybe I, I add them in my contacts list. I have a, a contact named block senders. And I think that's, yeah, block senders. And it's hundreds of email or phone numbers and a few emails. Did I create that or did Apple create that at some point? Now that there's another question um, that I, to which I do not have the answer. However, is it in your contacts list? Yeah. See here, I'll go into here. It's I'll, I'll show it on the video, but yeah, that's one of my contacts blocked senders. And it has literally more, more numbers than emails, but I do emails as well. Cause some will, will sometimes from an email. No, no, that's, that's something you created because the block contacts is if you go into settings, phone, uh, and mm-hmm. iOS settings to, <laughs> to follow the new protocols. Uh, iOS settings or iPhone settings is really what we should say. Uh, mm-hmm. Phone blocked contacts. Then you can add numbers there. And you can do the same yeah. with mail. Yeah. 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 So and that's not yeah. new to iOS 16. All right. So we found one feature that's new to iOS 16. Let's keep moving here because yeah. okay. I, I think there's some bigger ones that the, the one I've been using and quite frankly, like the most is the the customizable home screen. So for those of you who have Apple watches, the user experience of this will be very, very similar to how you customize your watch faces. Uh, You, you just pull up your home screen, you tap long on it, and then you get, not only can you customize a home screen, but you can have multiple home screens. uh, And as an aside, you can have them chosen by different focus modes And when you go into customize, you get the ability to add widgets. Now, hopefully starting Monday, we'll start seeing some third-party apps that can also populate these widgets. But I've been using Apple's widgets. I can change what the time looks like. But I can also set um, different little uh, pieces of information to be up there. So on, on my main home screen, I have the weather up on the left, and it's just the current weather, which is nice to have updated all the time. And then on the right... I've actually chosen to have the little, this kind of mini stock price widget mainly because I have a business interest in a, another thing where the price of Bitcoin actually kind of matters. The business isn't really based on Bitcoin, but it's a long story. But anyway, I, I like to know what the, the current price of Bitcoin is because I have to look it up every now and then. And it's nice to just have it on my home screen. And so, boom, that's right where it is. And it's it's great. But you can have your activity rings there. You can have home settings so you can turn your lights on and off uh you can have different time zones you can have your calendar stuff and then hopefully you can have your battery statuses and hopefully other apps start adding things there soon too so yeah it's, i've got a question yeah man please sorry so so you said the focus mode can change your home screen yeah can you in geolocation or geofencing change your home screen or if not i suppose can you geofence or geolocate your focus mode 
Like so, when you get in the car and automatically drive, that that'll change to driving. Right. So, yeah. so let me let me go to automations here. So I'm going to create mm. a personal automation in the shortcuts app, and I am going to say when I arrive at this address, you know, because th- that way it knows I'm home in any time range. Uh, I can add an action. Can I change the focus mode? Uh, yes, I can set focus. So there you go. There you go. Can I change my lock screen? I don't uh, set orientation lock, set water lock. Mm, no, I can't. So it would be a, a double thing. You set a focus mode based on a location and then have that lock screen tied to a focus mode. And so, yes, you can. Yeah. I love shortcuts. Go. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Super easy. That's I. Yeah. The thing I love about it is you don't have to know what you don't know. It, right. You can just go into automation. You start creating a new one. You're like, can I trigger a thing based on this? And you can just look through the list of triggers and, oh, it's like, oh, look, you can do that. Great. Okay, great. And then, all right, wh- what actions can I do? Well, you look through the list of actions and you can obviously filter it down like I just did. Sure. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I love, uh, yeah. do you use shortcuts a bunch, Pete? Is that a thing? Or automations, uh, more I should and say. more, yeah, yeah, automations, yeah, I'm, uh, more and more, I am, and there was actually one, and of course, I can't think of what it is now that uh, you guys discussed probably a year or so ago, and I've never gotten it to work, and I keep meaning to ask you about it, so I have to figure out what it is and okay. can get back to you. <laughs> sure, yeah, um, we, uh, be- yeah. We have yeah. we have a, we have a show where we actually answer questions just like yeah, that. Yeah, if only there was a way to do that, <laughs> right? Yeah, feedback um, at mattgeekab Ah, yes. There you go. Feedback. Feedback at MacGeekGab.com. I, I think, think so. it, all the it, way it, from Germany. Some... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Feedback. Yeah. MacGeekGab.com. Yeah. There's only one thing I didn't like about the home screen. So there's also a whole of other things you can do. I guess you can cycle through photos. You can do uh, emojis, and and, weather. And we should say lock screen. I kept saying home screen. Too, lock John, screen. But it's, it's, Sorry. yeah, it's locked. No, it's fine. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So keep going. Yeah. Sorry. The, the only thing I didn't like is that. As far as I can tell, you can only add two widgets. If you try to add another one, it's like, nope. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. You, well, you can add, yeah, two. I don't know if you can add one big one or two little ones, but but yes, I've, I've done the two little ones thing. Yeah, I would I would like more. It, it, typical Apple thing, right? They, they, they roll out a feature, put up, you know, hard boundaries, see how people use it, expand the boundaries next year, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I do like getting notifications on the bottom. Yes. Yes. I think that's a nicer way of doing it. Um, I I agree. Um, I like so there's there's new features in both mail and messages that I've been enjoying more so mail out of the gate than messages. And the the thing I like the most in mail, the newest feature that I like the most is delayed send. This is something I've used on my Mac with a um, uh, with a third party plugin for a while. But if you go into settings mail and I'm going to find it here to make sure I send everybody to the right spot. But if you go to settings mail, I believe it's in. Yeah, at all the way at the bottom of your mail settings on iPhone, you can uh, set an undo send delay. And so I've got mine set at 30 seconds and it's amazing, right? Because you you click send and it waits 30 seconds before it actually leaves your device. And you can set it to 10, 20, or 30. On my Mac, I have it set to two minutes, by the way. I would like a higher number here on my Mac or on my iPhone. This has been – sorry, go ahead, John. 
Well, no, I think you're mixing features here. Uh, are you talking send later or undo send? I, I'm talking the undo send is what okay, I'm talking Okay, I, I thought you were talking about send later. Right, you can, you, can send, you can set a message to send in a scheduled send in the future. No, this is undo send where every yes. message I send is now, and I had to, to choose this. By default, it's off. I chose 30 mm -hmm. seconds. And I can't tell you how many times over the past couple of years that I've been doing this on my Mac, it has saved my butt because I'll, you know, reply to an email, hit send. And then it's like, oh, wait, I should have asked about this or, oh, I should have like it happens all the time. It, it I, I, And I know it happens to all of us. Right. You send an email and you're like, oh, I forgot to add a thing or I forgot to whatever. Or mm, maybe that wasn't the best way to say that. So and go ahead. Yeah, to get a bit personal, um, yeah, sometimes mostly with family, and that's all I'm going to say, um, there may be an email that you want to write, but delete it when you're done, because sure. sending it can result in turmoil. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> that's all I'll say. Yeah, I've so one or two. <laughs> I've received one or two emails in the past where I'm like, yeah, you probably shouldn't have sent that through email. We probably should have done this another way. Yeah, vo voice is good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, that's right. I will often do that where I will I will use email to compose my thoughts, but in those instances what I do is make sure that there is no recipient listed on the message. Uh, and that way, if I accidentally hit send, it's not going anywhere dangerous. So, yeah. Yeah. So, th th which brings me to a feature that I've wanted for years. And I thought, well, I'll, get a, I'll find somebody to help me write an app and make a million bucks with it. But sure. I, it, it's hard. Delay send on it. I'd love to be able to delay send a message. Oh, a yeah. text message, you know, because especially, you know, if I, it's three o'clock in the morning and I'm I'm on a jump seat to go home and my wife's going to pick me up. I want to send her a text message that's going to arrive, you know, half an hour before she needs to leave. Mm. Not at three in the morning. So I'd love to be able to schedule a text message. So And let it sit a, in Apple's system so your phone doesn't have to yes. be online. That's interesting. Right. I've 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 had that exact same thought process, to be honest. Uh, however. It is usually followed up by if that person, whomever they might be, has not yet learned what do not disturb is and how to use it. This is a fine opportunity to encourage them to do so. There you go. Wake up. It's 3 a.m. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> turn on I, do not disturb. <laughs> I used to feel bad about that years and years ago. And even when do not disturb was in its infancy, like, you know, just after it had rolled out. But now, I mean, this has been a feature for years on every device, Android, iPhone, you know, it's it's so it's like I, I kind of expect that people manage their do not disturb settings. Like right now, uh, if my family's trying to text me, I have no idea because I have a focus mode for podcasting that that keeps that interruption from happening. And it's fine. like I've learned how to manage my life to let my phone do what I want, not what it and everybody else that knows the number wants. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but exactly. like, I mean, you have to do that in today's world. And I, and I, sure. that's one of the things I really love about Apple's, you know, the focus mode feature because it syncs to all my devices and it really speaks to that. It's like, I get to take control of all of the things that 
are out of my control, if that makes sense. Like these push notifications yeah. and all that stuff, they're, they're other people or companies or engines that are attempting to get my attention. Some of them that I want to get my attention, just not right, right then. And it's, I, I love the focus modes. I, I, which, I, I don't which know how again to, takes me to another question then. Go Suppose ahead. it's an emergency. Dave has notification silence. Do you want to notify anyway? Can I get through to you when you are in your podcast mode and don't want to be disturbed? It's an emergency. I'm bleeding to death. I yeah. need you to help now. Yeah, my favorites, my favorites can blast through if they want. Yeah. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. There you go. But, right. but when to, to, to be extremely anal and specific, you are actually in the uh, podcast focus mode. So you can get through to me anytime I am yeah. in podcast focus mode. It's, it's just <laughs> there's four people on that list and two of them there are here go. and the other two are my co-hosts for Gig Gab and Business Brain. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And the good news is I'm not bleeding to death. I, that was just an example. I understand. <laughs> yes. Right. I'm glad. So, uh, and I found the SS, uh, the, uh, the, the backing up just to close the loop on the yeah. shortcut. It was SSH to restart my Mac. It's oh. talking with tokens and keys and, and uh, all sorts of things that I, I don't want to call uh, it. Just, uh, yeah. Choose an SSH key and authentication and variable. And I can't seem to get through to it to just, SSH into my Mac and restart it from remote. Interesting. But, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. What seemed simple up front drove me nuts for a couple hours and I went out oh, of heck with it. I'll ask Dave later and I keep forgetting. <laughs> John, one. You've uh, officially been asked. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we can go through that. Absolutely. Yeah. John, yeah. one feature that uh, of iOS 16 that you might like and really fit, fits into our, our, our penultimate chat was uh, the, the, the daily cash hub which helps you learn how to earn daily cash with your uh, Apple card. You can view the lifetime daily cash you've received, track your progress towards offers and find the latest bonus daily cash merchants. So you're going to want to like, I think daily cash hub in iOS 16 is going to be a John F. Braun favorite. So where, where is that? Well, I don't know. I'm just reading about it, John. So I would, I I mean, but let's, let's go to Apple wallet because that's where I presume it would be. And I, if I'm wrong, I'm, you know, that's just how it is. See, my guess would it be back in the ID where earlier we were talking about uh, how to, John had the tip about how to sign up for the emails and such. I would have thought it would have been in there under your ID and then Name, I, phone numbers and email. I did find it, so I'm happy to share where it okay. actually is. Oh, I'm wrong. We can all stop guessing. Right. Uh, it is in wallet. You go to your Apple card, and then the way I got there was in the upper right corner. There's three dots in a circle. Hit mm-hmm. that and choose daily cash, and then it shows me you know how much cash I've received. So I've received uh, fifty four dollars and thirteen cents in in daily cash at lifetime here. I'm sure that oh. that pales in comparison to some of you. Uh, and then I can then there's all sorts of things I can earn at Ace Hardware and it just lists all the current offers uh, and I can I can tap on the ones that matter to me and it teaches me about them. So, yeah, there you go. Soon to be a John F. Braun favorite. I like the home app. If you if you use HomeKit to manage anything in your house, the the way you can customize and lay that out is um, much better. And I think I mentioned on the show CarPlay, I, I like the enhancements, especially to maps in CarPlay. It's just it's a whole lot more robust, which is great. So I'm 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 appreciating that they've got those, you know, fueling reminders and things like that. So 
It's all good. Um, I did have one problem, and it's interesting. I've been running the the you know the iOS 16 betas on my daily driver phone for I guess about a month now, and I even had them. You know, it was what I was running when we were traveling to Dallas for podcast movement. Never had a problem. I installed what I believe is well the the current latest, which I believe is the Golden Master, and likely is the release version that we're all going to get on Monday. And Siri stopped working. I could say, hey, yes, lady. And it would like show me that it was going to answer. And then it would just stop and go back to whatever the heck it was doing. Um, and I could like nothing that I sometimes she would actually listen to me. And then she, she'd say after a little bit, one moment, you know, and then still working on it. And this would be for things like, hey, yes, lady, what time is it? Not things that require a whole lot of cloud interaction, right? <laughs> you know, and uh, and so I started looking into this and I went into settings, iOS settings, Siri and search. I turned listen for Hey S Lady off and then back on. That did not solve it. But I share my path in case any of you run into it. And I, I don't I'm not convinced it was one thing that solved it. It might have been a couple things. And then the other thing that I did, and I did this after reading a how-to geek article, is I changed the language from U.S. English to U.K. English. And once it finished doing all of its downloads that it had to do, Siri worked again. And then I changed it back to U.S. English, and Siri still works again. So uh, either just changing the language or changing the language and toggling Hey S Lady on and off. Uh, I had to go back through the training process when I turned Hey S Lady back on, where it makes you say, you know, what's the weather, what's the time, you know, several like five phrases or something. But uh, but that's that's how I fixed Hey Siri. Sorry. Uh, hang on. I got to make sure all my devices aren't waking up here. Um, and if anybody runs into that problem, either with the beta or not, like these were instructions on how to fix it from, you know, a year ago or something. It wasn't related to iOS 16, but uh, something in my life broke that. I don't know if it was the installation of the latest GM or if it was just something else, but yeah, strange that it, if I was going to have a problem, it, it didn't happen with earlier betas. It happened with the, with the release beta. So, you know, there you go. Now, one question for you. Yeah, man. How do you unbeta your device? Oh man, you have to uh, completely wipe it clean. You got to go into DFU mode. And and start from scratch. And, um, and you, if you have a backup from from iOS 15, you could restore to that. But otherwise, you you know, if your backup is from iOS 16, and that's the latest, that's the the oldest one you have, then you can't restore from a backup. Mm. Yeah. Ooh. All right. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. Now removing the profile won't undo it. No, removing the profile. The pro all the profile does is keeps you up to date with future versions it, it will check the beta update track on apple servers as opposed to the non-beta update track for new versions that are newer than what you have so if you install the beta and then remove the beta profile at, while ios 15 is for example still the current one it will check and will say no you have a newer version than than the update track so you're you know there's nothing to install so if you if yeah if you're running the beta you should have the profile installed but like on on Monday, I will make sure that I am running, you know, once everything is released and people start posting the the build number on Twitter, 
uh, I will match that with the build number I have, which is uh, iOS version 16.020A362. And presuming that 20A362 is the the final release, then I will remove the beta profile and then just let my phone update to, you know, 16.1 as a release version whenever that comes out. Okay. All right. So that's all right. So at some point I should get rid of that. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so so that changes its awareness of the release version versus the beta version. Is that right? Release. Yeah. Essentially think of it as, and I don't know what it is, but here's a good way to think of it. There are the servers that, that up that the, the, that push beta updates to your phone. And there are the servers that push release updates to your phone and the profile chooses which of those servers it's looking at. Right. I mean, I don't, I, that's probably technically incorrect, but it's a decent way to look at it. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So yeah. All right. Yeah. But, uh, but what else? to, to it, Warren in the chat room points out, if yeah. let's say you're on the beta profile and you leave it on the beta profile, if Apple pushes 16.1 to the release servers, you're not looking at the release servers. You're looking at the beta servers. And so you wouldn't get 16.1. You would it would just be like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting the latest thing from the iOS 16.0 update, you know, beta servers. And so I'm not going to get anything else. So, yeah, you, you probably do want to remove the profile or I think you would need to install and I, I somebody please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think once like 16.0 is released, there's no more updates that come on that channel. I think you would have to install the profile for 16.1, but I'm not. I, it's been so long since I've stayed on a beta profile after release that I don't know. Uh, so I, I could be 100 percent incorrect about that. So. Um, just be be aware. I highly recommend turning off automatic updates. I do automatic downloads, but not automatic updates for software oh, yeah, updates during the beta, especially because I just want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Porthos John in the in the live chat corrects me. The profile continues into the beta channel for all iOS 16 beta updates, not just 16.0 beta updates. So you would get the 16.1 betas. So you probably yeah. Once you confirm that you're on the release version then assuming you don't want to stay on the beta channel, then turn that off, yeah, remove that profile. Yeah. But yeah, remove like rolling back to iOS 15. That's a major undertaking. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. don't want to do that. No, you don't want to do that. That's correct. <laughs> yes. Correct. Uh, and Apple's always been pretty strict about that. Not letting you go back to any previous, regardless of whether you're beta. Correct. Not, you, if you're on 15, you aren't going back to 14. Correct. Unless you've stored it somehow. Uh, yeah, you got to have the whole like tiny umbrella yeah. server and all that crazy stuff. You know, when New Yorker magazine asked Mark Zuckerberg how he gets his news, he said the one news source he definitely follows is Tech Meme. For four years now, the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast has been Silicon Valley's favorite tech news source. The podcast has become so successful, in fact, that it launched a venture fund where the listeners to the show are the limited partners in the fund. The Tech Me Bride Home is like TLDR as a service. It's not just the latest headlines from the world of tech. It's also the context around the latest news of the day. It's all the top stories, the top posts and tweets and conversations about those stories, as well as the behind the scenes analysis. 
Guests who have come on to lend their expertise include Andreessen Horowitz's Chris Dixon, Bloomberg's Apple rumor king Mark Gurman, and the folks at TechMeme are online all day reading everything so they can catch you up. So listen to the one podcast anyone who's anyone in Silicon Valley listens to every single day. Search your podcast app now for Ride Home and subscribe to the TechMeme Ride Home podcast. All right. Uh, I want to talk a little about a little bit of uh, Mac Geek business here, if if we can, because we've we've been uh, well, there's lots of things that go on here. We mention our premium program pretty regularly uh, and thank our premium supporters sort of uh, generally. And if you want to learn more about it, you can go to MacGeekab.com slash premium. But the premium program was started because many of you wanted to support us directly. Uh, And you found creative ways of doing that before we created a channel to do that for you or channel for you to do that. And when we first did that channel, we started doing we wanted to offer something extra for all of you uh, that wanted to support us directly. And so our answer to that was we were doing a couple of extra episodes a month that were that were behind the paywall effectively. And after, I don't know, about a year, year and a half of that. Uh, Many, in fact, I would say most of you premium folks pointed out that this is not what you had in mind. Uh, You did not want to hide the content from the people who weren't supporting us. In fact, both sort of uh, uh, helping the the community was one aspect of it. And the other aspect was your the premium listeners, your questions were only being shared with other premium listeners. And that doesn't help. Anyone, especially not you, because if someone if, if, you know, one of the three of us doesn't know the answer, but someone in the community does, well, then we're not getting that hive mind thing that, that is sort of the, the the juice that makes Mac Geek as special as it is. So we took those away. And what we realized in that process was that. Was something that is now being called value for value in this whole podcasting 2.0 ecosystem where we're putting the content out there and allowing you to decide If you want to contribute something for it, and if so, how much you would like to contribute for it. So we've been doing this value for value thing for a very long time, and we did not invent it. You invented it. You told us that this is what you wanted. (laughs) Told us to just keep doing the show that we're doing. Don't get distracted by this other stuff. In fact, you even said, don't worry about like the gifts and all that. No, we're sending you this as thanks, not for something else in addition. And it took us a while to wrap our heads around that, but, but we've learned that that's it. And so we, we pour our efforts and, and our, our funds and all of that into creating the best show that we can for you. So I wanted to explain what premium is. I I do want to take a minute and, and do something that we should be doing regularly, but we have not been recently. And I apologize for that. I want to thank the recent uh, contributors to Mac geek gab premium. uh, And I will, I will, do it efficiently, but I am very happy to do it. So since the beginning of this month, and I, I can't go back since we did this last because otherwise it would just take far too long. Uh, and I apologize for that. Uh, since the beginning of this month, we have had contributions from Tony Lawrence, Robert Kane, Jason Archibald, Matt Comer, Jeff Smith, Bruce Williamson, Eric Vesselberg. I think I'm saying that right. Jonathan White, Robert Plymeyer. Okay. I've read that name a million times in, in email and I've never had to pronounce it. And I did never realize there were two Y's. So Robert Plymeyer, John Stanton, Jr., Daniel Carroll, Anthony Beard, Paul Mathias, Mark Rigo, Frank Adade, 
Drake Zintgraf, Joe Barrett, Barry Falk, Pierre Timo Anderson, and James Cox. Thank you sincerely to all of you individually and to all of you collectively uh, that are premium subscribers, even those of you, of course, whose names uh, did not come up. They will. I promise we will we resume doing this. Um, we are also going to be adding other paths. And, and, and one of the main benefits that you do get as a premium listener is the 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 premium at MacGeekGab.com address. Right. Because folks send into that all the time. And uh, we do prioritize those emails, uh, although we also and and mostly succeed at succeed at this. Our goal is every week to get through 100 percent of the email that comes in. And we we almost always do. They, we don't include it all in the show, obviously, but, uh, but we do get through all of the all of the email, which is great. Uh, but we do appreciate you premium folks. And so premium at geekab.com is open to everyone who is a current, let's say current supporter. And it's up to you what current means. You know, if, if you are someone who, you know, contributes once a month, which you can do on an automated basis or once every six months, which you can do on an automated basis, or you contribute on your own schedule, whatever that schedule is. If, if, if in your mind, that's current, then please use the premium at MacGeekab.com address. That's it's, you know, I'll say it's the honor system, but really it's the value for value system. And, and I like it. Um, there are two paths that we are likely to add shortly here to this. Again, none of these are mandatory. They are just meant to lower the friction points. And so whatever works for you is what we're going to add or is what, what you should use. And you certainly shouldn't feel obligated to use more than one of these. Again, unless that's what you want to do. It, it really is. Your choice. One of them is Apple subscriptions. Uh, we have avoided this for a very long time because Apple's whole subscription model is not built on this value for value thing. It's built on the let's provide something extra for the people who pay thing. It, Apple doesn't get the value for value thing that that y'all created. They they seem to think that, well, you need to offer something extra. And it's like, I, I get why you would think that we thought that, too. And we were wrong. And I literally said these things to them uh, when I was at podcast movement. I had a meeting with them and asked about this. And and they were like, I'm like, who decides how much, like, how can a customer decide how much to pay? And they're like, oh, no, no, no. You get to decide how much they pay. Like, I don't want to decide how much they pay. It's not up to me what it's worth to them. I, I This doesn't fit. What, what are you thinking? You know, and, and there were other things in the by the time I finished my 15 minute conversation with them, the four other people that were meeting with Apple in the room were had turned into spectators uh, for the conversation I was having with Apple because it was obvious that podcasters understand their audiences better than Apple understands podcasters audiences. And and I'm you know, I tend to be um, convincing and loud sometimes. So anyway. We that said, despite all of its limitations, we are going to start offering Apple subscriptions. And and quite frankly, there is only one reason we've decided to do this, because it makes it so much easier for so many of you to contribute. A, Apple already has your credit card. We spent a good chunk of the episode talking about that for different reasons. And B, it, you know, it allows you to consolidate your spending in one place so you can see it and all of that. So if you want to do that. Within the next month, that will go live and and it will be out there. There's probably not going to be a whole lot extra there, although I think what we're going to do, and quite frankly, it's because it makes our lives simpler, is we're going to push episodes out early when possible there. We record on Fridays. We release on Mondays. 
I push everything up on Friday afternoons and then it just automatically happens with WordPress scheduling it out on Mondays. I can't do that with Apple's system. So I'm going to push it out and release it right away. And so it will be out a little bit earlier. And that way Apple can say, oh, you, you're doing something extra. Kind of. I mean, I think if you figured out the URLs for what an episode uh, MP3 file looks like, you could probably download them early. I don't know if I've ever said that on the show before, but I know some of you have figured it out. It's fine. You know what? By the time it's up, it's it's complete. We don't change it. So, you know, there's that. And then the other thing that we are working diligently on, in fact, my son Lucas and I spent a good chunk of the day yesterday working on a lot of this is podcasting 2.0 is true value for value thing, which uh, currently you have to use podcast apps that support it. And it allows you to, uh, support in two ways it, again with the right app and our feed has to support it. And it doesn't yet because we have to set up all kinds of things, which we're working on. Uh, but it allows you to uh, stream it. It's all uh, Bitcoin payments uh, that happen. And that's just because that's sort of the simplest way to do this. Now I, I see podcasting 2.0 value for value evolving into fiat currency and, and all of that. And I have some ideas about how we might actually be able to participate in that evolution but for now, it's all it's all cryptocurrency, specifically Bitcoin. You can stream Satoshis, which are fractions of a Bitcoin to uh, us when you listen, if you want. Again, all all voluntary or you can also send what they call boostograms, which are fixed amounts for one time fixed amount thing. You might hear a segment that you're like, oh, that was amazing. I want to send a boostogram or any of that. We'll talk more about that once we've actually rolled that out. But but that's what's kind of in the uh, in the hopper here. Nice. I, I talked for a lot. Uh, John, you and I have had these conversations. Pete, I think actually some of this is new to you. Uh, but uh, yeah. but John, do you have anything to add to what I was saying there? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. <clears throat> Almost had offering time to get some tea. Yeah. <laughs> offering, <laughs> offering multiple ways for people to give us money is good. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, and it's, I mean, it's, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't like treating it dismissively like that. I, it, it, this, this means a lot to me anyway, that, that there are those of you who choose to support us and we're trying to make it as easy for you to do that as possible. Um, it's, it's, it's really not a joke. It, it means a lot to us. Let me add Dave, you know, I, I've, I hadn't really thought about it very much, but when you first started the premium thing, I, yeah. I had been, with you yeah. guys a little bit it's like yeah okay you're offering something extra and you know it's but it never occurred to me until you just said it that no they're, that's not why they're support they're supporting it because they're trying to promote the show and make it bigger anyway they like the show they like what's going on they want it to go out to more people they want uh and like you said that and they want answers from other people that that may not be premium supporters right um so that's that's what they're getting for it and that's awesome and and the fact that the support the show is so widely listened to and supported is is awesome I mean, you guys have created something really special here uh, and you're part of it too pete and and yeah, well and, uh, and I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of it let yeah. me add that and, and people have written in and and especially during the pandemic when i was i was gone for a while so to speak um uh but people never forgot me in the oh. emails you know no, it, it, never. No. Awesome. It, uh, yeah. It, yeah, exactly. No, it it's 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 so honored. It, it, yeah. I, I the same. It, it it is an honor to be able to do this. Yeah, it was it was the evolution of the premium program, I think, where the I, I realized for the first time that the show isn't about us. 
It's about all right. of you. And and that was a shift and a, a, obviously a good shift because <laughs> it's good for us to be aware of the fact of, of our jobs here. It's yeah. it you know, we are we are the stewards of this community for sure, because that because that's but that's our job. And that's the beginning and end of our job. Now, sometimes we can be the ones to provide answers to your questions. We do have some troubleshooting skills. I mean, that's where all of this started. But a lot of you out there also have good troubleshooting skills. And the reality is, no matter how good any one of us is, we are so much better together because we can't know everything. There's no way. I mean, how many times in this episode have I said something that has immediately been proven incorrect, right? You know, I've made an assumption. It's like, oh, nope, wrong. Hey, it's happened to all three of us all, all throughout the episode, right? It's, yeah. But that's the yeah. beauty of this is it's not it's not about any one of us. It's not even about the three of us. It's about all of us. And that I, I love that. So and to that end, we've been making some changes, as I'm sure you've heard to the intro of the show. I just wanted to acknowledge this. We've had some emails back and forth with you folks, with some of you about this. And the idea is, as new people listen, we want them to understand what they're going to get right away. Uh, I think it's it's Rob Walsh uh, from Libsyn and a, a dear friend who's who's been a friend for a very long time uh, says and is fond of saying the most important content you've ever created is the first 30 seconds of your most recent show. And it makes a lot of sense, right? You know, because that's the thing that anyone new is going to is going to listen to. Now, we don't just want to prioritize the new people. We want everybody to get value. And that's why you heard today was a little bit more on this evolutionary path. Uh, all, it's funny. My initial intent was to provide the entirety of a quick tip like we did today as the cold open to the episode. Uh, it wasn't until I got emails from you folks that I realized we had not done that. Uh, the closest we ever got was when I sky shared Skylar, my daughter's tip about like moving messages uh, around and copying them from things. But that wasn't in the cold open. That was like right in the intro when we were saying our, you know, where we're from or whatever. Uh, the last couple of weeks, we've teased an upcoming tip. That is not our intention, <laughs> but it is what happened. And and I, I can get I, I totally get how that is, uh, you know, annoying. Right. We want to provide value, not entice you to get value later. Right. It's I'm going to provide value now. And hopefully that entices you to want more. Right. And so that's why we we put that quick tip uh, from Ben in the cold open of the show today. And and that was it. Right. Like we didn't have to revisit it because the entirety of it was shared. So uh, we endeavor to keep doing that. It's not going to be easy, though. Um, but, you know, that's OK. It's our job. <laughs> I don't know. What do you yeah, think, John? I, I, I think in, uh, and I won't be a wise guy this time. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, sorry, I, I didn't mean to be dismissive. Um, um, there was one session that I went to, and it really it did open my eyes, and I think it's a tangent to this maybe, but it was a group of uh, professional podcasters and what they did was play the first 30 seconds mm. and show the uh, copy for each podcast and then ask the audience, do you know what this podcast is about? And there was most of them, you kind of got an inkling, but like there was one where nobody raised their hand because there was absolutely no way within the first 30 seconds 
or it, it just wasn't said. I mean, ours, I think, is a little different. I mean, you, you have an idea through the title that it has something to do with Max, though we talk about other things. Right. Um, but but I, I just thought it was it was an interesting exercise in that. Yeah. So, so but it backs up the, the, the first 30 seconds are important for a number of reasons. And one is that people know what they're getting themselves into. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. So there, that's um, I don't want to take too much more time on this. And it, there's a reason I, I put it at the end of the episode here so that we could just, you know, have a conversation about it. But um, you know what I'm going to do? Uh, for as as thanks for listening to all of this, of course, please send us your feedback about any of this to feedback at com. or if you're a premium supporter. And again, that's your definition through any channel in whatever period of time works for you, then you are correct. You are a premium supporter. So you can send to premium at com. Uh, but I do want to share a cool stuff found that I found recently because I really like this thing. And it is the Anchor GAN Prime uh, 615 USB power strip. And this thing's interesting. It's um, it's got, well, it's it's got two AC outlets, three-prong AC outlets, one USB-A port, two USB-C ports. It is uh, 65 watts total. And uh, if you... If you look, if you're watching the video, um, you can see that the cable is much longer than it appears because it's also got this it like baked into it. It's really you got to just see it. It's hard to describe, but it has a a a roll away uh, extension cord, which would be super helpful in hotel rooms and things like that where you are, you know, often stuck with things and smartly wisely the uh, plug at the end of the extension cord is a right angle plug so it would fit behind a bed or a desk or all of those pesky little places and uh and then when you're done with it it just kind of rolls away and you throw the whole thing into your travel bag and you're good to go it's i i'm I'm impressed with this thing it's 70 bucks on amazon today who knows what it'll be when you go to buy because that's how those things are but it is available like you can get it delivered it's not one of these things that doesn't exist anymore and all of that so this is the uh the anchor gan prime 65 watt charging station two usb-c two ac outlets three pronged and one usb-a so that's uh that's my addition for for cool stuff found I, I i know we're we're, nice. we're long on time but it is a cool thing and i wanted to share it and you know add a little bit more value at the end here so yeah with that i think it's uh i think it's time to bring the band in oh those guys those guys yeah that's nice yeah. weather outside they don't care yeah 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 so yeah, consol- where you are consolidated came to my house again uh, i submitted a support ticket to fix a, a pesky issue i'm having they texted me yesterday saying they were coming today, but I could reply, number one, to tell them I needed to reschedule. I did that, and then the, the reply I got was to call them, and I did that, and they said they were going to come on Monday. I asked if we could change that to Tuesday. They said yes, and uh, evidently they came while we were recording the show here today, so that's that's cool. That's cool. Send them I mean, to my house. I, I still don't have service here. I, that's the thing. is like, <laughs> I, like I really like that they're super responsive. 
but I need to be able to communicate with you. <laughs> like, I can't just sit around. <laughs> anyway, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, if you need more of that uh, Pilot Pete guy, you can go listen to his other show, So There I Was.us, or just look for So There I Was on your uh, favorite yeah. podcast app. Yeah, man. Cool show up. We got the former commanding officer of the USS Nimitz on the most recent show, episode 17. Amazing. Fascinating guy to talk to. In fact, he's going to be two shows because we spent so long with us. It's <laughs> awesome. Fun stuff. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for that. Thanks. Thank you to, for all your support. Of course. Yeah. That's. I mean. Yeah. The. I know. I know the audience. There is a. There is a not insignificant segment of this audience that is loving that show for sure. They are, and they've been writing to me. It's been awesome. I'm. I'm Woo! thrilled. Thank I you. Love it. In fact, we put one of one of these listeners listen to my show, and one of the guests from a couple weeks ago. He he and. My guests were in the FBI together, and they had lost track of each other. They're now back in touch with each other. Oh, amazing! So. I love it. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. See, we are we are but stewards. Cashfly yeah. is someone who deserves a lot of thanks for being the steward that gets our audio from us to you. So thanks to Cashfly. You can go get some MGG merch. Go to macgeekup.com slash merch. Get your t-shirts. We've got some stickers. We've got some other things there and more coming. Fun stuff. Thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. We'll see you next time. I think it's your turn to share advice. I've got some advice. Don't. Don't get caught. Made up.